You're listening to the Ellis Rugby Podcast, the rugby heritage brand. Uh, welcome to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Yeston Harris, the former dual code Wales International, ex-Warrington, Leeds, Bradford and Great Britain Rugby League International. Uh, thanks for being a uh, guest on the podcast, Yeston. How's things going for you at the moment? Okay. Yeah, things are pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm very much similar to a lot of people in the world at the moment. They're just getting through as best they can through a very, very difficult year. But um, but everybody's healthy, so uh, things are things are good. Yeah, that's the main thing. Um, mm. What I want to do today is is sort of have a run through your career, uh, and I thought what we'd start with is 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 sort of right at the beginning, really. And uh, mm. you know, I know you've got a strong uh, Welsh rugby heritage, which goes right back to uh, your granddad Norman Harris, who who, who yeah. played in Wales uh, from uh, you know from South Wales, and then actually mm. came north. And I think he signed for uh, Oldham, was it? Yeah, yeah. So my my, my granddad was um, Newbridge captain um, in 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 nineteen forty. Um, just get this right, nineteen forty three, four, five, six. Um, and yes, yeah, a strange strange story, really. It was actually uh, he he was around twenty eight, and um, and one of the junior junior members of the Newbridge uh, team had. I got the opportunity to to go across to Oldham and, and, and trial for uh, for Oldham Rugby League Football Club as a um, as a trialist and, and try and earn a contract in in what was then obviously a professional game, which the the, the rugby union was was an amateur game, and and he'd asked my granddad as captain whether he'd go across with him um, and and just take him to the trial, which which my granddad did. Um, and when he got there, they'd, uh, they were a man shot um, and, and asked my granddad whether he wanted to trial with him. And he, he borrowed some boots, actually. He didn't have any boots. He borrowed some boots, went out on the on the field and, and scored a hat-trick, got man of the match. And, and um, unfortunately for the for the young lad who went over for the initial trial, didn't get off of uh, terms, but they offered my granddad a, a contract and... You know, he accepted and um, made a, a sort of controversial move as, as captain of Newbridge um, was was ousted out of the club. Uh, all his pitches were taken down and was told he was never welcome back in, into the Newbridge club. And and uh, and he went across to the north, dragged my dad across when he was three, um, uh, and he went over there and he went on to uh, to sort of captain Oldham and coach Oldham. So he'd uh, yeah, it was. I think it probably swung swung the family in a strange direction that they never expected to go in. But, you know, off the back of that, obviously my, my dad played rugby league and, and, you know, then I followed suit. Yeah, I think he had spells at Lee and Rochdale, didn't he? He did, yeah. You know, he went he went on to to, uh, to play for Rochdale and Lee and co- coach, I think coach Lee in the end. Um, but he, yeah, he was, you know, a, a very, very good player, um, you know, not so much these days now, but you know when I was coming through as a as a young player, you know, got reminded of people in the town of Oldham how good my granddad was, um, you know, and and you know as I suppose it was one of the reasons which I'm sure we'll talk about. Well, one of the reasons I went to actually rugby union was because you know my granddad never ever got the opportunity to play for Wales rugby union. He he, he used to have a, a probables and possibles trial team to, to, to get into the Welsh setup at the time um, and, he, and he was just in the possibles and, and never got into the probables so 
Um, you know, that was one of the reasons I wanted to to to, to play for Wales Rugby Union because yeah. it was uh, it was something my granddad had never had an opportunity to do. Yeah. So he had a big influence on you, and then and then you mm. you developed as a, a rugby player, and you signed actually at Warrington. What when you were seventeen was it? Yeah, again, um, not, not not the direction or, 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 or where I wanted to go. I, I always wanted to sign for Oldham. Um, you know, my, my, my granddad uh, obviously came across for Oldham and I, I supported Oldham as a kid. Um, you know, we used to go to the, you know, granddad, dad and, and, so, and son, if you like, used to go to the... So the Oldham games regularly, um, you know, follow them and, and, you know, you naturally want to play for what, you know, uh, is my, was my hometown club, and um, you know I did everything to try and get into the Oldham setup, but but unfortunately they told me I wasn't good enough to make it, and and you know had to reassess and re- retrack and 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 look look for another opportunity, and unfortunately I got a um, a scout that gave me an opportunity at Warrington, and I was lucky enough to come through there, but you know Oldham was the the, the club that I wanted to uh, to sort of break through at, and and it's still. You know, probably, you know, I don't think you ever have regrets in life or professional life, but if there is a regret, it's, it's not having the opportunity to play for Oldham. Yeah, I bet they're ruining that mistake now anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just when you signed at uh, Warrington, uh, there was, uh, you know, quite a number of uh, ex-Welsh uh, Rugby Union players there. And again, I imagine that Welsh influence actually, you know, y- you sort of... You know, took that on board as it were. I think there was Alan Bateman, Jonathan Davis, uh, Roland Phillips, and uh, my namesake as well, Kevin Ellis, yeah. in the club yeah. there. Yeah, there was. Um, you know, and I also as well, Clive Griffiths, who who oh, was course, the yeah. he Clive was the um, you know the Wales national coach. Um, was coaching the students as well at the time, the Welsh students, and 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 was assistant coach at Warrington. So you know, Clive had. You know, quite a strong influence on me as a young player at Warrington. Uh, initially, trying to get me to play for the students, um, and, and then you know, obviously getting me into the Welsh setup as a, as, a, as a young man. So, you know, to have the influences of the likes of Jonathan Davis and Alan Bateman and, and Roland Phillips as you speak to, yes, was was hugely beneficial. But you know, Clive himself really as a you know, probably had a soft spot for me as a, as a 16, 17 year old coming through who was, you know, Welsh qualified and, and, you know, he sort of looked out for me at a young age. So, you know, I had some strong influences at, at Warrington at, at that time. But Brian Johnson, who was the, was the head course, coach yeah. there, yeah. Um, yeah, again, very, very nice man who um, you would have run through fire for and, um you know, he was he took the club from part time to full time, and and um, again was a big influence on on me as a young as a young player. And you know, I, I sort of learned some really valuable lessons at that stage. Is about you know working hard, about making sure that you train at the correct level, and making sure that you you, you know you treat people the right way. As you know, we're all all lessons that I learned off Brian Johnson and, and, and Clive Griffiths and, and some of the senior Welsh players. So it was a it was a good club to bet into and um, you know, sort of learnt a lot in them early years. Yeah. I mean your breakthrough season was ninety three, ninety four, where you you made seventeen appearances and four tries. And then the second season again you did really well. Um, you know, again eighteen sort of appearances and and scored quite a lot of tries. You actually reach 
uh, the Regal Trophy um, final, but you lost to Wigan, uh, sort of unfortunately in that final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we we did, and you know, and I think at, at that time, um, you know, I think Warrington had a, a team that would have been able to take the next step and and go on to silverware, and, and you know, they they had. A good coach, a good infrastructure, good people, good players. Um, you know, and, and you know, it was it was a joy to come through. And you know, as as always, as always, you know, things change at clubs when coaching staff change and coaches change. And yeah. you know, that you know, I think they probably changed for the worst at Warrington. Um, you know, but but during them periods, we were very very close. At, you know, obviously Wigan had. Historically, come out of the 80s and the, the early 90s as being the, the team that was full time before everybody else and had the best world class players, so always won everything. But you felt as though Warrington were were nipping at the heels a little bit, and and um, you know St Helens as well, and, and you know things were getting a little bit closer at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, following the uh, uh, 94 season, it was the 95 uh, Rugby League World Cup. Um, mm. And again, you joined uh, a fantastic Welsh team and you were a 19-year-old. If I, if I have to be honest about it, I'd not seen much of you play at, at Warrington. Uh, and I started watching the Welsh team play in that World Cup and I thought, great, who's this young kid at fullback? He can play. And obviously with a, a Welsh name that you've got, I presumed you know, you'd, you'd, you'd come from South Wales. Uh, and mm. I thought you and the team were absolutely outstanding a breath of fresh air really for the competition because you always expect great britain australia and new zealand uh or should i say england australia and new zealand to do well but the welsh team really did uh you know perform superbly yeah and you know you you, you feel uh, you know we're, we're, we're brilliant in, in in rugby league aren't we have uh, missed opportunities we seem to miss so many amazing opportunities yeah um yeah you know, and i felt you know in 1995 it was a huge opportunity to you know to 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 build off the back of a successful world cup you, you know you had the likes of you know scott quinnell scott gibbs jonathan davis you know, Roland Phillips, Kevin Ellis. You know, the the, the list the list was endless of of, of you know ex great Wales rugby union players that had, had, had changed codes and, and gone over into rugby league. And there was a massive affiliation in South South Wales with with Wales rugby league at that point. And you know, probably you know t- topped off in the in the quarterfinal in Swansea against um, against Western Samoa where. You know, there were sixteen thousand people at the Vetch. That that you know, the atmosphere was still as 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 good as I've as I've ever experienced in any other game that I've ever played in. And yeah. you know, then we went to the semi-final against England at Old Trafford and took me with ten thousand, you know, South Walesians across to 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 support you know Wales Rugby League. And you know, at that point, you just felt just set up a Super League team. You know, there was, a, there was a Rupert Murdoch money coming in and Sky TV was coming into the game of Rugby League. It was going from part-time to full-time. You know, that it was in and around the franchise era and you just felt what, a, what an amazing opportunity to have a, a team in South Wales with them, them players that we've just mentioned playing yeah. in that. I just thought, you know, we would still be live and kicking today and, uh, you know, it was, just, it was just an opportunity missed again. But, but yeah, you, you, you're right. That World Cup, you know, it was, um, you know, to experience that as an 18, 19 year old, um, you know, it was as good as a World Cup as I, I ever, you know, I, I was lucky enough to play in four, including a, 
a you know a reunion World Cup, but you know that atmosphere and that momentum and that building of of intensity in that World Cup was 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 quite special. Yeah, and you got uh, I mean, like you say, you got fantastic crowds. I think even the first game against the French, uh, which was at Ninian Park in Cardiff, you know, you mm. attracted over ten thousand fans for that, fifteen, sixteen thousand for Western Samoa, and then mm. you know over thirty thousand for an England Wales game at Old Trafford. I mean, mm. that that is just you know fantastic uh, attendances. Yeah. So it was, and and it wasn't just that. It was wherever we went. Um, you know, in that World Cup, you know, there were crowds, of people wherever we went. We, we you know, we'd be training. Uh, you know, at um, the training going right in the centre of Cardiff, uh, the side of the Cardiff Castle, and you know, there was there was four and five hundred people watching the training sessions during the World Cup, and you just felt as though it was. Uh, it, it was as big as rugby union at the time in 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 uh, in South Wales, and you know, as I said, it, it, it's never been the same since, and yeah. I don't think it ever will be again, yeah. unfortunately. But you know, that that was something. I, I suppose you don't realise it's special at the time. Yeah. You 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 sort of just kick on and, and think about the next game, but when you actually look back at it and think that that was a special period for Wales rugby league, and and one that. You know, it'll be difficult to, uh, to 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 get back. Yeah, and then your third season at, at uh, Warrington. I think you you touched on this earlier. Uh, is that there were uh, changes on the coaching side? I think I think you, mm. there was a horrendous game against St Helens. I think where you, where you lost eighty points mm. to nil, which mm. I don't want to remind you about. But uh, um, and then I think Brian Johnson, um, you know, resigned following that uh, following that game. Yeah, and do, do you know you have you have a, a few standout moments in your in your career where you know they'll stand out from the rest of the the moments, and 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 that that result, that eighty nil result, was was well, it's still still aggressively in my memory to this day because of the fact that Brian Johnson left the following day and, and resigned the following day. And, and it had a massive effect on my my direction and my career. Um, you know, at the time, we we were a good side that, that had some good players that were um, were competing, you know, sort of with, with the best teams. And it, and it was one of them freak results that you, you walked into and actually started the game very well. And, you know, suddenly it looked up at the scoreline and you're 24-0 down yeah. and, and scratching your head how that happened. And, and it went from bad to worse during the game. And, and Brian Johnson was a phenomenal coach who who was ahead of his years, who who had the respect of everybody in the club. And and, and to this day, the, the following day when he came into the changing room and resigned, it was you know it was one of the saddest days that I've ever experienced in in my playing career. And and you know off the back of that, the the the, the, the club Warrington completely swung in a different direction. And yeah. um, you know, I think John Dory came in, Alex Murphy came in. Um, you know, the the whole atmosphere changed as a club, and and you know, it was the reason that I decided that I, you know, it, it wasn't the same place, it wasn't where I wanted to be, and um, you know, I felt as though the um, you know, the, the the family atmosphere that that Brian Johnson worked and Clive Griffiths, to be fair, worked very very hard to achieve, just sort of disintegrated overnight, and you know, it it, it became. Um, yeah, dare I say it? Not, not, not a very nice place to be. Yeah, um, I know you. You decided to move on, but I, I think at the same time, Jonathan Davis 
uh, returned to rugby union, as did mm. Alan Bateman and Kevin mm. Ellis at, at the time. So it sort of fell apart a little bit at Warrington, sort of after that uh, third season. Yeah. But you yeah. moved on, uh, sort of record-breaking 350,000 transfer to Leeds. Um, mm. New start uh, under a, a good coach in Dean Bell. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, your first season sort of at Leeds, you finished fifth in Super League uh, and you reached the semi-final uh, of the Challenge Cup, but you were beaten by Bradford Bulls. Uh, but totally different culture at Leeds at that time? Yeah, look, look, yeah, you know, I, I went into to, to Leeds at a time, you know, you, we, we think about Leeds now and, you know, they're steeped in, in recent history with, you know, lots of grand final successes and Challenge Cup successes and, you know, World Club World World Cup successes. But at, at the time when I joined, they'd, you know, they'd not won a trophy for 27 years. Uh, they'd had some, you know, phenomenal players there. You know, the likes of Ellery Hanley, Gary Schofield, um, you know, Lewis Jones even before that. And, you know, they'd not, they'd not had been able to get over the top of Wigan. They'd not been able to win silverware. So when I, jo I joined in 97 and it was... It was a uh, a club that had just been taken over by Paul Caddick. Uh, Gary Hetherington had, had, had joined the club. Um, they they wanted to, to to bring silverware to the club. They wanted to change the fortunes of, of of what Leeds had been doing for a for a large period of years. And and you know that's how it was sold to me. It was a it was a new it was a new era for a club. And 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 Dean Bell was a you know a, a great person who who had some strong philosophies and morals. But but really it was. You know, sort of Graham Murray coming in yeah. uh, at the start of '98, which had a, had a lot of a lot of similarities as what Brian Johnson did actually, which was a you know a family man, um, you know, sort of high standards, high expectations, uh, wanted to win, um, you know, sort of brought in a, a philosophy of we're all in this together and we're, we're you know we're a team together and and. You know, they they made some shrewd signings in the likes of Daryl Powell, who, who who came at the time at 33, who was right at the tail end of his career, but still physically able to play at the top. And you know, the likes of Darren Fleary, you know, Anthony Farrell, Marcus Centelaire, and you know, all sort of coming in from, you know, sort of areas of Yorkshire, which they, you know, they they, they were good people, and and we we, we had a, a lot of good people in a club that wanted the same thing which was to win silverware and, and the club was a good place to be at that point and you know I was lucky enough to to be given the opportunity to captain them at 21-22 and um, you know it was a successful part of my career personally um, you know but but just as a, as a group of people just to enjoy people's company to be in is you know it's, a, it's an understated thing actually enjoying your job yeah. <laughs> and, and I always say that to young players now you know it's about yeah, enjoy your job enjoy what you do because actually it's a yeah. it's an exciting career and, and it's short but it's an exciting career and, and, and you've got to enjoy it and I think that's what Graham Murray brought to Leeds he brought an element of enjoyment to it and that ultimately created success. Yeah, he had a, a quite a number of young players actually coming through the ranks who, who would go on to stardom. You had Adrian Marley, who was only twenty-one at the time, Terry Newton, uh, nineteen, mm. and Kevin Sinfield was just breaking through. Played a couple of games at eighteen, so you know some real caliber, uh, some you know real junior talent actually coming yeah. through the yeah. ranks. And then, like you say, you touched on Daryl Powell. You know, you had. Uh, uh, 
sort of Tony Kemp at the back end of his mm. career, uh, and Barry McDermott, of course, you know, up front to give you that steal. So a good yeah. squad. Yeah, and I think I think what you've got to get with a squad is is a mix of of absolutely exciting young talent that's coming through, and you, you mentioned a few of them there, and that they were absolutely that. But you've got to have strong, strong, principled senior professionals, and you know the likes of Daryl Power, the likes of Mark Glanville, who was an Australian who came in, and Brad Gordon, who was another Australian who who came in, were actually super, super good people who were absolute 100% professional people, and. And, and and what they did, they, they they taught the youngsters. I was only 21 at the time, you know, and I'm looking up at, at these at these players and going, right, okay, well that's the level you need to train at, and mm. you know that that's that's the level of professionalism you you, you have to do day in day out, and, you know, and, and that isn't accepted, you know, and, and learning them lessons as youngsters are invaluable, and and you know that's what I felt that Leeds had. It had a good senior group of people that actually led by the way and their actions um, and, and it was the ability of the youngsters that could win games out of nothing on the field but they had the strong principles to go with it and, and that breeds success and you know it's one of the hardest things to get is is the right people in a, in, a, in any squad and, and you know we were fortunate enough to have that at that point yeah and then the following season 1999 obviously the highlight would be the challenge cup final mm-hmm. victory over uh, london broncos um, you know, you contributed a try, eight goals, and uh, uh, Leroy Rivette got the, uh, you know, remarkable four tries actually in that final. Yeah, and you know, and and it's still, you know, as I said, you have standout points in your career, and you know, I've had a, an eight to nil, which was a low point, and, yeah. and you know, the, the 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 sort of first silverware. You know, is is always a standout, and you know the the fact it was a, the last game at the old Wembley, um, which you know I still I'm a little bit biased in thinking that the old Wembley is was a lot better than the new Wembley. I think it had a a, a rustic um, sort of affiliation with it that you know you 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 sort of knew the stadium was old, but you you had a a sort of good feeling about what Wembley was and I don't feel it's the same anymore but but you know that the last game at Wembley and to you know to lift silverware for the first time at Leeds Rhinos for 27 years just made it a you know a, a special occasion and, and you're right Leroy was ter- ter- terrific on the day but it, it was a build-up to, to that you know we'd we'd taken the step we'd beaten Wigan um, you know on the way there we'd beaten St Helens we'd beaten Bradford who was a local team who were, who were the favourites in the semi-final and, and you know, we, we, we did score a record score against, against London, but it was the build-up to actually get there. It was, you know, sometimes you can, and I've been to the Challenge Cup and done it the easy way where you, you get an easy ride through and, you know, that, that one in 99, it was a, it was a tough way. We, you know, we beat the three best teams on the way to the final and, you know, sometimes when you do that, it's just a little bit sweeter and, and you know, that's why we... We were so proud to win that that um, that day. Yeah, and then running into two thousand, um, I think Adrian Morley and Francis Cummins sort of announced that they were leaving to uh, yeah. at the end of the season to go to the Sydney Roosters. Um, do you think uh, that you know it's fair to say that you failed to build on that success in in ninety nine? Yeah, look, I, 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 you know, I, I think that's. Uh, you know, a club is a club. You know, uh, Leeds Rhinos are Leeds Rhinos. Um, you know, but but sometimes when a coach leaves, you know, the coach arguably has the biggest influence on 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 a on a club because 
you know, they they take the club in the direction that they want to take it. And, you know, Graham Murray was there for two years yeah. and, and the club were heading in a, in a certain direction with, with Graham Murray. And, and, you know, he was heading back to Australia and I think they had an opportunity to keep him and decided not to for whatever reason. And, and, and then, the you know, the coaching staff changed, um, you know, and ultimately, you know, when your coaching staff change, you know, the, the philosophy sometimes changes of, of, of a new coach coming in and, you know, the, the, very similar to, to how it was in Warrington. And, and probably a criticism of myself is that, you know, you, I got an affiliation with somebody and, and, and created a tight bond and, and felt deflated when they left left clubs. And, you know, exactly that happened at Leeds. You know, I had a really strong affiliation with, with Graham Murray. Um, he just made me, he knew how to make me tick. And, you know, so he left and, and, and Dean Lance came in and nothing against Dean Lance, but he just wasn't wasn't the same when, yeah. when Dean came in. And, and, you know, you just felt as though the senior players that I said that were so crucially important coming in at Leeds that, that led from the front and, 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 and sort of, you know, took the, the club in the right direction. The senior players that were brought in by Dean Lance probably didn't do that. Um you know they they were they brought in more superstars. You would class them as the, the likes of Brett Mullins and you know Bradley Clyde and and people like that who at the time were were superstars in Australia and, and they came over to Leeds and and you know probably didn't do what Mike Glanville and Brad Godden and and the the unsung heroes did for the club, which was that you know they didn't quite have that influence and um, you know it became a different place and. and you know, I had that strong burning ambition to be in rugby union because of my granddad, and you know, I just felt that that was the right time for me to do that. Yeah, that was uh, two thousand and one. How did mm. oh, how did that come about then? Were you approached, or, or did you make the approach? Uh... No, no. Look, Wales rugby union had always tried to get me. They tried to get me when I left Warrington before I went to Leeds. Mm. Um, you know, I met them at that point as well, and just felt it wasn't right for me at that time in my career. Um, uh, you know, and they they continually stayed on top and 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 kept you know trying to get me uh, to come over to Wales and. You know, and I, I think when you know D- Dean Dean Lance was staying at Leeds, uh, you know, I didn't think that the club was heading in too good a direction at that point, and you know, and I and I just felt at that point, I just thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm twenty twenty five. Probably now is the right time to do it, and um, you know, I made the decision then that uh, you know I was going I was going to do it, and it, you know, contrary to, to to what people may think, it wasn't a financial decision for me. It was a it was a decision that actually I want to have a crack at playing in a rugby union World Cup, you know, playing for my national side and, and, and standing there that my granddad had never had the opportunity to do. So, you know, that's why I made the decision. Yeah. And you, you, your debut uh, against Argentina, that was a, a sort of tough afternoon, really. Uh, you know, a, a, a defeat and you were really thrown in at the deep end. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair fair um, assessment of it. You know, I I'd never played a game of rugby union. Um, and, oh, really? <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd never never been involved in it as a junior. Um, only ever played rugby league, and uh, you know, I remember meeting Graham Henry, who was coach at the time. God, um, uh, and you know, his sort of plan was, well, you know, come in, let's bed you in with the the, the you know Cardiff uh, club and. You know, get you playing four or five months for Cardiff, and then there's a there's a Six Nations in in February March, and 
what we'll look to do is, you know, maybe play you off the bench against Italy at home as your first game when you'll have had six to seven months rugby behind you before that point. And, and you know, the plan sounded fantastic. You yeah. know, it's exactly what I probably needed. And, and you know, I, I came in and, you know, you, you, you never want, you never don't want to score a hat-trick at your club. But, yeah. you know, my first game um, for Cardiff was, it was against Glasgow in the Heineken Cup and, I think I scored three tries and, and kicked six six goals and, and you know the country went just crazy about it and the the next available game for me to play was was for Wales against Argentina and, and you know Graham Henry picked me in that game and it was actually my second ever game of rugby union and, and you know the reality of it is I didn't have a clue what I was doing so um, you know from that side of it sometimes you can be successful on the field and it's not the best thing and you know, probably Graham was under a little bit of pressure as head coach at the time as yeah. for Wales and felt as though he needed a shot in the arm, was under pressure to pick me. And I think if he'd have been at a different time in his career and had the, the weight behind him, he'd have probably stuck to the principles of, of giving me six months um, before before I you know, played any international rugby. But, you know, it just it happened the way it did. And, and um, you know, playing against Argentina, which now I know, you know, Argentina are a very technical side who... You know, play the game very tight and make it difficult. Um, you know, for for teams to play against them. Uh, you know, my naivety was let's throw the ball around. It's it's an exciting game of rugby, and yeah. you know that's not what you do against Argentina. But um, you know, you 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 live and learn. And it, you know, it was a it was a tough old start in the game of rugby union for me. Yeah, and it was a. I think it continued a tough. Uh, well, for the Welsh team, uh, um, a tough two thousand and two Six Nations. But but what seemed mm. to happen is is leading up to the two thousand and three World Cup, um, you played a couple of games and things had not gone particularly well. But then one of the warm up games against Scotland, uh, you beat them twenty three nine. I think you were playing. You kicked uh, three penalties, and then just suddenly things started to change for Wales um, and then it was into the Rugby World Cup and you, you beat Canada uh, again mm. you were playing you kicked mm. uh, sort of uh, I think it was five conversions couple of penalties beat Tonga um, and you know it suddenly started you know going really well for you in that tournament yeah it did it did you know I, 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 I had you know great World Cup um, you know sort of um, you know playing some good rugby you know we had some good results we nearly, we nearly beat England in the quarter final um, you know we didn't quite get over there but you know I think probably the turn in it and again it's, 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 it's transpired with my my career is that I have affiliations with certain coaches and you know I had Steve Steve Hansen came in as as Welsh national coach who's just finished with the All Blacks now and 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 Steve you know gave me some tough love um you know he sort of gave me some home truths that you know I was nowhere near where I needed to be and and these are the things I needed to do to fix it up and really give me some some guidelines and some directions to say well you know I'm telling you that this isn't good enough but I'm I'm saying to you this is what you need to do to make sure that it is good enough and 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 you know that that was probably the first time a coach had ever done that to me, and you know that that sort of gave me a, a shot in the arm to say right, okay, I know exactly what I need to do to get to the required level, and and, and my sort of game went through the roof over a, you know, a period of sort of three to four months, and started to enjoy the game of rugby, and you started to enjoy playing for for the national side, and and um, you know I had, had a really really good World Cup off the back of it, and yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and I think that's probably again, you know, sort of some synergy in my career is that I, I just tended to get 
really good relationships with with certain coaches and not with others and and you know probably that's a criticism of myself you know you you, you should learn to, to to play or any any sort of coach you, you can but you know I just felt as though you know that that Steve Hansen whatever he did was was spot on for me yeah just going back to that quarter final against England it's you know I was looking at the stats on it the other day and it, you scored mm. three tries to one against the English team and it was just that mm. Jason Robinson moment uh, that actually changed the game yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, and actually, you know, we were we, we scored two tries in the first half, and we're playing a brand of rugby which was open, exciting. Um, we we didn't kick a lot as a, as a, a very rugby league esque, you know, and, and you know that was the reason that Steve picked me in the side as a as an inside centre that he wanted to play in a rugby league way, and you know, we we for forty minutes we ran England ragged we ran around the field they didn't quite know what we were doing um and they couldn't stop it and uh, you know we we went in at half time it was at melbourne we were playing and, and at half time and we're you know sublimely optimistic that we could go on and knock england out of the world cup and you know i suppose then you look back and, and say well you know clive woodwood Sir Clive Woodford made a master stroke at the time. He, he took Mike Tyndall off, who was a who was a dominant twelve for them, and, and had a big influence on what how they played, and, and put Mike Cat on, um, and completely changed the way England were playing. And, and, and they just kicked us to death. They strangled us to death. They, they they pushed us back into the corner, and we probably didn't didn't counteract it by doing the same. We we tried to run everything from from our own area and. And eventually they, 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 they wore us down. And you're right, Jason Robinson scored a terrific try or, or created a terrific yeah. try around 10 minutes into the second half that, that, that got them back onto level terms. But we just didn't counteract their game plan in the second half. And, you know, I think um, if you look back and you saw, you know, if you, tactically, I think we probably got that second 40 minutes wrong. But that's, I suppose, that's part of, of the excitement of sport is, you know, tactics to come into a lot. Yeah. What what was the response like when you got back to Wales? Was it good from the Welsh fans? Yeah, look, it, it, it is. It, it is. And all, all, always, you know, the Welsh fans are very passionate. Um, yeah, and I think that, you know, losing losing to England narrowly was, was not a disgrace. I think England were, were one of the favourites. They'd gone to New Zealand and Australia just before the World Cup and beat, beat them both in their own in their own backyard so everybody were expecting England to go on and, and probably people were expecting England England to dominate us in the quarterfinals so you know we sort of came back to a, a good reception and yeah it, whenever you played for Wales Kevin whenever you play for Wales it was like a, a challenge cup final or, or a grand <laughs> final every week um, you know it was you, you, you get on the bus from the hotel and, and you know go through a city centre of you know, hundred thousand people that have come out to watch the game every time. So you, you know, it was like playing twenty-seven, you know, finals when you played for Wales. So yeah. it was, um, you know, it, it's always a good reception, and it, it's it's probably what rugby league can't give you at international level. It can't give you that level of, you know, sort of um, 
performance with you know playing in front of eighty thousand people at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then the following season, uh, which turned out to be your last season uh, playing uh, for Wales Rugby Union, uh, and your last game finished uh, against the Italians, which mm. uh, you mm. won forty four ten, and then decided to move back to rugby league. Was that quite a big decision? I, I think it was partly a family decision. Is that correct? Um, yes, yes and no. Um, you know, probably, probably the, 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 again, you have moments in your life which I think swing you in different directions. And, and you know, I was at the time uh, rugby league and um, Wembley wasn't available to play in for the for any of the games. And rugby league was was taking the Challenge Cup around to different grounds. You know, to Murrayfield, to um, uh, to Cardiff, and 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 it was the two thousand and three. Will uh, the the Challenge Cup where Bradford played Leeds and um, and I went to watch the game, um, you know, as a spectator, just living in Wales and, and playing in Wales. I just thought, well, I'll, I'll go and watch the game and 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 you know, at the end of the game, Brian Noble was the, the obviously the head coach of Bradford Bulls there, the winning coach. And when they won the game, I bumped into him um, when I was on the way. He was on the way down to it to celebrate, and I was just walking past in the corridor, and we bumped in and sort of embraced as you do and. You know how you doing, and and um, and then you know a few months later he he called me and just said, look, it was great to see you a few months ago, and and I'm just seeing whether I can bring you back to rugby league, and 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 that's feeling simply where it came from. It just came from a, a chance meeting with somebody, and and then he followed that up, and and, and you know sort of encouraged me and 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 enticed me to come back to rugby league. Yeah, and you were joining a a great team at Bradford as well. I mean, they had some star players: Leslie Vinacola, Robbie Hunter, Paul, Leon Price, mm. Shantaine Happy. Mm. So you were going from you know a good Welsh rugby union setup, but to a fantastic rugby league setup. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, if if you look at the 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 team, and, and was lucky enough in in two thousand and five to win the grand final, and two thousand and six to win the the world club challenge, and you, you know, you look at the players on that field at that time, it was, you know, Brad, Bradford was a very very good team. You know, the the, the you know Leslie Vinacol is arguably one of the best wingers that I've ever played with. Shantae Nap is arguably one of the best. Centers I've ever played with, and, yeah. and you know you you had you had strike all over the field, and um, and, and what you had as well, which Brian Noble was very good at, is, is he brought he he brought footballers in, you know, he brought people that knew what they were doing. You know, Paul Deacon was one half who knows the game inside. I I was the other half. You know, he had Leon Price who knows how to play, and you know Michael Withers who was a fullback who you know was a genius. Uh, you know, so you. He had a lot of skillful players uh, and got match winners around the field, and and you know it was a good it was a good place to play at that point. Yeah, and you had a, a you know a, a frightening pack of forwards with sort of Jamie Peacock and Stuart Field and Lee Radford mm. there. So you had all the quality in the backs, but mm. you know mm. a, a hell of a pack, um, you know that turned out. Yeah, yeah, no, it it, it was, um, you know, probably what what, what you, there wasn't any. Long-term planning is that fair to say at Bradford? It was all for the here and now, yeah. and um, you know, and I think that probably was the the long-term demise of them a little bit that the the long-term planning wasn't done, but but certainly the here and now with the quality that we had on the field, um, you know, you you. you 
you knew that if you give the ball to Shantae and Happy, there was something was going to happen, or you know, you give the ball to Leon Price, something was going to happen. And actually, in 2005, when we when we won it, we 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 were very hit and miss for the for the early stages to middle stages of the season, and and you know, we 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 got to the stage where you knew that the team was going to break up because you knew that some guys were getting to the later stages of their career and. You know, I think we all sat down about 13 games to go and, and spoke about who was leaving and, and you know who was coming to the end and 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 just all agreed that we were just going to have one crack at this and see what see what could happen and, and we, we never lost a game from that point. So, you know, it was more of an an emotional uh, side of things that we had within the team that you knew that it was going to break up at some point because of the age of it, but. Um, but it was a great, a great team to be in at that point. Yeah, yeah. And just prior to two thousand and five, the previous year, there'd been the uh, rugby league Tri Nations, where you were part of the mm. squad that had uh, mm. played against Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and although the the final, you know, I'm sure was disappointing for you and the rest mm. of the team, there were still mm. some great performances in that tournament by the Great Britain team. Yeah, you know, there was, you know, we beat New Zealand, beat Australia, you know, we were right in the mix there and, you know, there was nothing between the three teams at all um, at that that point, um, you know, and we had some absolute quality players within our organisation and, you know, it was just one of them that you you, you know that sometimes with Australia, and I've played Australia a lot over my career, you could just hit them on a day where they were untouchable and you know that that's what the final of that Nations was it was we just hit them on the day that they were just absolutely untouchable yeah. and um uh, you know they probably put it 10 out of 10 performances and we and we were probably a six or seven out of ten and and we got annihilated but you know, you, you're right at that point. You know, sort of, you know, Great Britain, and 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 that was always my, you know, sort of difficulty with rugby league is because I was Welsh and I was proud and absolutely, phenomenally proud to to, to play for Wales. That, you know, my my sort of international career in rugby league was split between Wales and 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 Great Britain. You know, because you know the World Cups comes around and and England separate away from Wales and. You know, and and in between, you're playing for Great Britain. So, you know, I was always proud to play for Great Britain, um, you know, because I felt it was, you know, Great Britain was the the best of all the home nations. And, you know, I'd, uh, I'd, you know it was a loss when Great Britain fell away, but, you know, it was some of my proudest moments yeah, playing for Great Britain. I sort, of, I sort of agree. I'm a, a big supporter of the uh, sort of yeah. old Great Britain teams. And I have to say, in that team, it was it was quality, you know, from 1 to 13. But I doubt whether Great Britain have had a better pack of forwards sort of available on the field. You know, they had Fielding and Morley. They had Ellis, mm. Farrell mm. and O'Loughlin, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. a great pack of forwards, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. And, you know, as I said, it was a good it was a good time for the international game. Um, you know, you, fe- you felt as though uh, we, we, we could take Australia. We could definitely take New Zealand. I don't think New Zealand were quite at our level, actually, at that point. I think that it was between us and Australia who were the best team in the world. But, yeah. you know, as I, as I always say, you know, you, whenever you play Australian rugby league, you know that you, you can catch them on a day where they're untouchable. And, and we were just unfortunate to catch them on that day yeah. where, you know, they, I don't think they dropped a ball for 80 minutes and, you know, played at a level which we couldn't match and we couldn't, we couldn't live with. And, and, and you, you do look at, you know, teams 
sometimes where you you come against and you you, you scratch your head and go that they, they were pretty awesome today and that was one of one of them days that you know I caught that you never like to admit that as a sportsman but just now and again you you catch a team that are un, you know are untouchable it's like if you you know a football team if you catch Manchester United at the best when they were when they were winning if you catch them at the best they could beat an Arsenal 7-2 and you look and think wow yeah. and and I think Australia were that team at that point you we just caught them at the wrong time. Yeah. So uh, you met, you've already mentioned the 2005 grand final and that great, mm. uh, great win. Mm. I think you dropped a goal during the game as well mm. uh, to secure it. And then uh, the following year, uh, it was the 2006 World Cup Challenge. And uh, again, you defeated West Tigers by 30 points to six. And and it was sort sort of almost or coming to the end of the uh, of the you know the Bradford experience, as it were. Yeah, I think I think the transition was starting uh, in two thousand and five. Um, you know, sort of Jamie Peacock was was leaving in two thousand and uh, at, at the end of two thousand and five. Um, you know, sort of Leon Price was leaving. There was a big big turnover of characters um, at, at Bradford. Um, you know, Brian Noble left partway through two thousand and six as well. You know, we we we'd won the you know the world club challenge you right which was a you know a sort of phenomenal experience to win that but but you you felt at that point the team was already started to break up and and you know the the Steve McNamara took over as a young coach um and and you know I'm sure Steve McNamara would probably agree with you that he was learning his trade at that point you know he was you know, he's now the Catalan coach and a very experienced coach who, who who does things probably completely differently to how he did things when he were at Bradford. And you know, I think it was a a younger Bradford team and a, and, a, and a young coach finding the way through. And and you know, it went through a little bit of up and down, and, and perhaps the recruitment wasn't as strong as what it had been in previous years. So, you know, it was it was part of a transition at Bradford. Yeah, well, that, I mean, it's just been fantastic talking to you yesterday, uh, you know, getting the insights into all these uh, wonderful games and teams that you've mm. played in. I, I do really, really thank you for your time. No problem. Uh, I just no want problem. to finish off with uh, three questions, which we all uh, we always ask uh, on the podcast. Um, first question is, uh, best ever team that you've played in? Yeah, the, the, the best team that I've played in will... Yeah, it, it, it would have to be the the ninety five well, uh, Wales um, national side, rugby league national side, which we touched on earlier. Yeah. You know that 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 you know Jonathan Davis, um, you know Scott Quinnell, Scott Gibbs, Alan Bateman, you know Kevin Ellis. You know the 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 list of of, of endless great Welsh players to to be part of that as a youngster. Um, you know that that would have been probably the the best team that I played in. Yeah, I sort of agree with that one. Some fantastic talent there. Uh, second question: Your favourite playing shirt and why? So my play, favourite playing shirt that I played in was was the first Welsh national shirt that that that, that I that I got because. Um, it was actually the changeover from the old rustic, which I know you know well, yeah. the old rustic jersey, which was thick and heavy, to this new era, new material, you know, super skinny onto your body, super thin. And and it was like, what is this? What is this light <laughs> shirt that I can 
run around with and nobody can grab hold of and it, and it and it doesn't weigh three stone when it gets wet it was <laughs> you know that 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 was right the game's changing here now we we we're, we're now getting into sports science that's even coming into the to to the wear on the field so you know that 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 would have been the best shirt i played in yeah. and final question uh, young player destined for stardom um, I, I, you know, I, I, I tipped him a few years ago um, uh, that the, the, he was going to be something special, and and I still believe, uh, you know, that 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 I've got it absolutely spot on. Um, you know, he's just had a, a couple of injuries, but he's he's, he's coming good now. He's young Jacob Wardle, who's who's at, Hull, uh, yeah. at Huddersfield, sorry, the centre. Um, he's he's an absolute special talent that. Um, you know, I think he's destined to play for his country, um, and 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 he's destined to be, uh, you know, a great a great of his country if he has some luck along the way. And I think he's 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 got over some injuries in his in his early stages and and, and starting to get injury free now. And I think people are starting to take notice of him. Yeah, well, he'll be a player that I'll look out for anyway. Um, mm. Just been a great uh, afternoon talking to you, uh, Yeston. Uh, like Brilliant. I say, Thanks, I, I thank you for your time, and uh, you know we'll catch up soon. I'm sure when when these lockdown uh, rules are yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay, absolutely. Thanks again. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for listening to the Ellis Rugby Podcast. Check out our Rugby Heritage clothing collections at ellisrugby.com.